From inflation to market volatility, investors face a bevy of problems and concerns. So how can these obstacles be solved with ETF solutions? We'll examine the answers. We'll also tell you about one mega trend that's expected to receive more than $1 trillion of new investment and how you can get in on that. Paul Bayaki with SSNC Alps Advisors will be joining us right after this. Welcome to the program. I'm Thalia Hayden. It's great to have you watching. Be sure to subscribe to ETF Guide TV and check us out on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Now, despite higher inflation and a slowing economy, investment opportunities abound. And ETFs are not only providing access to these opportunities, they're solving common problems facing both investors and financial advisors. Here to elaborate is Paul Bayaki with SSNC Alps Advisors. Paul, great to see you again and welcome back. Great to be back. Thanks, Dahlia. Yes. Well, investors, along with financial advisors, face a slew of obstacles, as you know, and everyday concerns. And one of the unique aspects of your firm is how you organize your investment offerings as solutions to address things like inflation, volatility, alternative income, energy infrastructure, and clean energy. Can you tell us more about this? Sure. So I think the the bulk of folks who use ETFs and build portfolios using exchange-traded funds or perhaps even mutual funds are doing so within the context of a strategic asset allocation. And that strategic asset allocation may have components that are a little bit more tactical or are more customized to meet a specific client's needs. So when you think about a mix between stocks and bonds and commodities, as well as exposure to alternatives, there might be a baseline mix of those that you use for a, a certain risk profile. But often, that's not enough customization to meet an individual client's needs. So at the margins of your equity exposure, at the margins of your fixed income exposure and of your other exposures within that long-term asset allocation, you're making tweaks and modifying them based on individual client needs and, of course, the market backdrop. So when you think about solutions and, and compiling ETFs, specifically SS&C Alps ETFs, to effect solutions. That's where it comes in. It's not at the core of a portfolio because oftentimes investors are using broad market portfolios to get their core exposure. It's at the edges of their exposures that allow them to do certain things. So you talked about some of the solutions that we have, alternative income being one, volatility, mitigating inflation, the energy transition, energy infrastructure. These are all pockets of a portfolio that are solution-oriented, but are a mix of exposures to ultimately provide a solution. And the solution is to a problem that an environment an advisor has on behalf of a client. So when you think about mitigating inflation, typically that means mixing and matching exposures in our ETFs to help offset the, the impact of inflation on a client portfolio in terms of income or alternative income. So not the typical sources of income. That's also a mix of energy infrastructure ETFs, the, the dogs of the Dow ETFs that SSNC Alps has. So the idea is advisors have customizable solutions for clients, and they're looking for a mix of ETFs and exposures that provide them those solutions. And Alps Advisors just happens to have a lineup that fits in that context. 
Makes sense. Now, here's one issue we want to dive into. According to industry estimates over the next seven years, an estimated $1.2 trillion is expected to be spent on developing and pr producing electric vehicles alone. Now, from mining and refining the raw materials to manufacturing the batteries, and the Alps Clean Energy ETF is right in the middle of this mega trend. How does the fund work and what type of investors does it appeal to? Yeah, I would take it a step further and say that over the next 20 to 30 years, the energy transition is going to be the biggest mega trend in investing. When you look at globally, companies and countries are going to spend upwards of $100, $150 trillion getting to net zero or getting to a carbon neutral world. And so that means investments is going to flow to a lot of different categories, a lot of different companies, and to your point, a lot of raw materials as well. And so what ACES does is it provides exposure to seven themes within the renewable energy complex and does so with a focus on North American companies. So it's not a globally diversified portfolio that has outsized exposure to solar companies from emerging markets like China. It's not a portfolio that's focused on any one renewable energy technology. It's capturing everything from hydrogen to electric vehicles to solar and wind, as well as the infrastructure needed to support electric vehicle adoption, whether that's battery storage technology, fuel cell technology, and the like. So ultimately, the point about ACES that I think is important is it should be a part of an overall energy transition strategy. It's a really unique part of that strategy because it invests directly in companies at the cutting edge of renewable energy technologies, renewable energy investment, and renewable energy development. But Alongside that, investors should build a textured mosaic of exposures to capture the true energy transition. So that actually might mean legacy pipeline companies like energy infrastructure companies and ENFR or AMLP. That might mean legacy energy companies that are in the S&P 500, like Exxon and Chevron within XLE. But it also probably means you need to figure out a way to get exposure to some of the inputs, the raw materials, whether that be a battery ETF that focuses on the raw materials that go into batteries like the one recently launched by our partners at USCF, or just a global metals and mining strategy that gives you exposure to lithium, copper, nickel, cobalt, et cetera, the, the inputs to this battery renaissance, if you will. Well, makes sense. Now, let's shift gears a little bit. Higher interest rates are causing some parts of the real estate market to shake. According to Reuters, one of the biggest landlords in Los Angeles just defaulted on $755 million in loans for two skyscrapers as remote work keeps offices vacant. Now, unlike index linked REIT ETFs, the Alps Active REIT ETF can be selective with the real estate companies it chooses to own. Now, why do you think that's important in this type of climate? First and foremost, real estate enters 2023 in a really interesting position because to your point, you've got these secular dynamics around the nature of work and the ongoing pivot toward hybrid work and what that means for office space. But if you look at real estate, it was one of the worst performing sectors in the S&P 500 in 2022. And at the same time, you had all of these investors trying to redeem their private real estate exposure and unable to do so in many cases. So you have this pent up demand for redemptions in private real estate, which has been outperforming public real estate. It trades at a premium valuation to public real estate. It's a segment of the market that on a relative basis has held up pretty well so far. 
But, and this is a big but, investors who are coming out of those private real estate portfolios need to maintain exposure to real estate in our eyes. It is important to have a real estate allocation in a client portfolio. And we think that for most people, public real estate strategies are plenty of real estate exposure. And the unique part about REIT or REIT is that not only is it an active strategy leaning on expertise from a firm that's been researching and managing real estate exposures for decades, it's also a strategy which, to your point, has some flexibility. So look at the indexes in the real estate space. They typically have outsized exposure to the tower category or to the data center category. And you have de facto exposure to some of these office categories that our partners at GSI think are somewhat under threat over the course of the next few years. And so when you think about public versus private, it starts with the idea that you want to be invested in real estate. And this pent-up demand coming from redemptions in the private real estate market should unlock opportunities in the public market, which have been trading at a discount to net asset value in aggregate and trading at a discount to their private counterparts. So leveraging expertise from a firm like GSI allows you to evolve with the real estate market in the public setting, but do so with, of course, the experience of that team that runs that strategy. So helpful, Paul. But one final thing before we let you go, post-COVID monetary stimulus coupled with global supply constraints plus the war in Europe have contributed to the highest levels of inflation over the past 40 years. So what are a few ETF solutions for investors and advisors seeking to combat elevated inflation right now? Well, one of the ones we've been talking about the most, and we've talked about it on this program in the past, is ENFR and AMLP, our energy infrastructure strategies, because the unique thing about energy infrastructure is, first of all, it's a real asset. These are tangible pipelines, storage, and processing facilities that historically have done well on a relative basis in inflationary environments, but also many of the companies in these portfolios have inflation escalators built into their contract, and it's typically tied to something like PPI for finished goods with an adjustment. And that means that these companies have some inflation protection embedded in their revenue stream as a result of FERC regulation and some of these contracts and inflation escalators embedded in them. So that is one strategy to get exposure to a segment of the market energy, which historically has been strong in inflationary environments, a real asset base within the companies. And of course, companies that have a unique revenue stream tied to, in some cases, inflation. Now, Another strategy might be a broad-based commodities basket strategy, USCI, and the like are certainly ways to play the commodities market. Another way is ultimately to invest in dividend companies because historically in inflationary environments and environments where you see rising interest rates, dividend strategies can provide a buttress to investor equity portfolios. So SDOG is an example of a domestic dividend strategy offered from SS&C Alps, which gives you exposure not only to dividend paying companies in the S&P 500, but importantly, balanced exposure to the sectors of the market that's on a relative basis, overweight energy, underweight technology, which of course gives you a feel for the overall nature of the portfolio in terms of the types of companies that it, that it owns, high dividend paying companies in each sector of the market, but also balanced sector exposure throughout the market. So those are three ideas for investors who are concerned about persistent inflation on a go forward basis. Great tips there, Paul, and thank you so much for your timely insight. And of course, keep up the great work. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
And be sure to visit alpsfunds.com to learn more about the ETF lineup at SS&C Alps Advisors. I'm Thalia Hayden with ETF Guide. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.